Cash Flow Diary Podcast, episode 482. Welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Cash Flow Diary Podcast, the podcast that teaches you insider tips, tactics, and strategies for creating leveraged streams of cash flow into your life. Learn from top-performing entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their secrets to success. Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because here's the thing. You and I, we go out there, we hustle, we work hard, you stay up late, you do everything you can to make sure that you have the absolute number one best product or service that you and your company can deliver. And then you know what happens the next day? You do it all over again. And the next day, you do it all over again. Whether that means you're looking for the best talent uh, because you need more help on board or whether you're trying to source better materials or a better process, you are doing something every day to improve, to make your product better, and essentially build your cash flow, right? But you know what often gets overlooked? What often gets overlooked is letting other people know that your product exists. In fact, you may be feeling like, oh my goodness, if people just knew how great we were, if people just knew we were here, they would buy my product over that other product they keep purchasing. Well, today's guest is going to help you with that because she is a journalist and PR expert, but more importantly than just being an expert, and this you've got to appreciate, you can still see her in front of the camera as a host on Lifetime TV and national commercials on WPTV for her monthly segment and read her online work in Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, and Fast Company. Here's my point. That means she's been on the other side and is now has come to our side to help us figure out how to make sure that we get into the media too. I'm of course talking about Christina Nicholson. Now, Christina is a former TV reporter and anchor who has worked in markets from New York City to Miami with her business, Media Maven. That's how she helps you and I reach millions if that's what you're after. So here's the thing. You've already got your widgets. You got your what's-its. Now let's go make sure that the other people know about it. So let's get ready to listen, to learn, and to love, Christina Nicholson. Christina, how are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? So far, so good. Uh, excited to about what you do because what you do is a mystery to me. <laughs> 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 I just randomly see people on TV. I have no idea how that happens. People say they can do it because I've been approached by people who say, I can get you. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. And why do you want money? Help me understand. So I, I, I'm looking forward to understanding all of that today, and I'm sure other people are too. Yes, I'm happy to help solve the mystery. <laughs> Good. Now, this being the first time you're here, though, I have to ask you the same question that I tend to ask everybody the first time that they're here. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. All right. I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes. You know, you've got Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, Batman, Catwoman, etc. You get the idea. Um, because I think entrepreneurs and superheroes have a ton of things in common. For example, as an entrepreneur, I can occasionally envision myself flying around town, using our products and services to save our customers. And maybe I am wearing a cape and tights. Who knows? But at the same time, as a superhero does, an entrepreneur also has a beginning. So if you think about Spider-Man, for example, there was a time where he was just going to school, just a kid doing his own thing minding his own business, taking some photos, and then one day he gets bit by a spider, discovers that he's got a superhuman ability, and he gets to choose whether to use it for good or for evil. So, my question to you is as follows. I, I know you, you, you've been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Huffington Post, PR Daily. You've been everywhere and doing lots of things. But what we want to know is before all of that, who is Christina Nicholson? think if we're going to go way back, I like the storytelling aspect of what I do professionally. Yes. Yeah. Storytelling. So both both professionally and also personally. So I wasn't a print journalist. I was a TV journalist because I liked using video to help tell a story, right? A picture tells a a hundred words or a thousand words. So video, you know, says a million. Um, And personally, I love to watch movies. I love to read books. I'm a big reader. Um, So I like stories. And that's really what I work with business owners on to help earn them media exposure. It's all about the story. So I think, you know, just going back when you say, who am I? I'm not just a storyteller, but I'm somebody who likes to hear a good story or read a good story or watch a good story. And it kind of makes sense because that's what the media is. That's what, you know, when you're flipping through social media or you're watching the news on TV or you're reading articles online, that's what's resonating with people is the story. Interesting. Okay, so you what, read books from the age of seven and just kept going? And that's I, <laughs> I really, I mean, I remember when I was like super little and like my parents had one of those, you know, like those big desktop computers, <laughs> like the yes. old TVs used right. to look like they went way back, right? I remember I would type on there and I would try to like write my own stories and write my own books. And I remember reading books like as back as when I was in first grade and my daughter, she's in first grade now. And she loves to read and write books, too. So I'm super excited and super happy about that. Now, that's duplication, if ever. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay, so here's a couple of questions. You you're you're reading books and you, you, you know, doing doing your thing. How do you realize one day like what happened one day? Do you go, you know what? I need to be in the media. Like what was, where did that come from? Okay. So I remember in eighth grade when we had a career day and I lived in a small town. It was probably an hour away from Columbus, Ohio. So I couldn't drive or, you know, have my parents take me to a TV station in Columbus. So I remember in eighth grade, I went to a local cable station and I read like the church announcements or something behind a podium. And that was like me being a news anchor. And then a few weeks ago, my uncle sent me this text message and he was watching old 
home videos and it was me. He was going skydiving and I kept jumping up in front of the camera and saying, this is Christina and I am reporting live. And I was probably like seven or eight at the time. So (laughs) I guess it's just always something that I've wanted to do. Well, that's amazing. Not all of us are born with such clarity. Uh, (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that, that that's there. And more importantly, even some of us who are clear, we don't get the opportunity to do it. So uh, w- was media always like the, the your first job? Is that the only thing you've, you know, you just went straight there and nothing else? No. Well, kind of. It took a while to actually get started just because it's such a competitive industry. So let's use Columbus, Ohio as an example, because that's where I went to school. They have four different stations. You know, you have your CBS, ABC, Fox, and NBC think there's probably like 10 reporters per station. That's only 40 jobs in a big city. So it's a super competitive industry. So when I was in college, um, I was working at a restaurant as a server and bartender, and I actually did not get my first TV job until two years after I graduated. And the Mm. way you apply for an on-camera job is you have a, you have a resume tape. So it's not just like a paper resume, like most people use, it's actually a tape and it shows you doing what you would do after you're hired. So I interned at a local station. I went out with a reporter and photographer and made my tape. I also um, paid a service. I flew out to LA and I paid somebody who did this as a job um, to take me around so I could put together these stories to make my tape. And it's funny now I do that for people trying to be reporters, you know, so many years later, but I probably sent out a tape. I remember sitting in my apartment and with like the old school VHS, like pressing play and record to record onto the other VHS or the DVD or burning, you know, so many DVDs. Um, Now you can just upload it and share the link on YouTube to everybody. But I spent hundreds of dollars sending out my resume tapes to all of these different news directors in different markets for two years. And I remember my first job offer paid $10 an hour. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I can get a better job than that. And it literally took over a year until I got my next offer. And I said, okay, whatever the next one is, I'm going to take it. And it was $12 an hour in Beaumont, Texas. And I took it. And that was the start of it all. That's amazing. And (laughs) I I mean, I love I I love every bit of that. And for those of you who are wondering, um, VHS is this cassette thing that you, you've <laughs> never seen um, that got replaced by DVDs, which some of you may have never seen uh, because now <laughs> we don't even do that. And when we when she says record, she means she she literally had to have multiples of these devices and it she had to hit the rewind button, which you have never pressed in order to make all of that work. So there was lots more work in just creating one copy of whatever she was sending out, which today is now done on your cell phone. But, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot easier to share a resume tape today, let me tell you. You could, like, create it, edit it, add sound effects and video effects all from your phone. It just, you know, <laughs> hey, who knows? It's all good. It's all good. So, let, but, all right, now you, you said something in all of that that intrigues me because you said this was when you were coming up you you called it competitive, a competitive industry. And you said it was competitive based upon four stations with 10 reporters per station, i.e. 40 jobs. Um, today, I'm just going to 
take this jump and say that media seems to be would be more competitive, even more competitive, because you've got now not just your 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 stations, you you also have the, the all the internet to compete with, so to speak. And is it harder? Is it easier? I'm just trying. Oh my god! If it if it was hard then, what is it now? It's definitely. I don't know if I would say harder or easier now, but it's so much different. So I'll give you a perfect example. When I started, I had a photographer and that photographer, um, would come with me, you know, he would, he would, you know, give me my microphone, shoot me on camera. And then sometimes you would have a live truck operator who would come and help you go live. So that's at the beginning, you know, you would go out with multiple people. I can tell you towards the end, my last TV market was in Miami. I was nine months pregnant carrying around my own tripod, my own camera, knocking on the door of a sex offender in the hood of Miami by myself. So you're not joking right now. Are I'm you? not joking. That is, that is the way the industry is one because it's competitive and they can do it like that. Because if I said, I'm not going to do it, you know, there's 500 other girls ready to take my spot. So it's very different. You definitely have to be willing to do more because just the media industry has changed. People aren't advertising like they used to. So the media, what used to be earned in editorial, it's slowly turning to paid because they need to make money. We all have uh, DVRs, so we're fast forwarding through commercials. Um, that's why influencer marketing is picking up because they're ads that don't look like ads. Today, if something is very obviously an ad, people are going to ignore it. So TV stations and other media outlets, they're working with less. So they're making their people do more. So you definitely need to be very well-rounded. You don't just, you know, if, if you just want to stand in front of the camera and talk and then you're going to be screwed. Like you have to be, <laughs> you have to be able to carry a camera. You have to be savvy at social media. You have to be getting followers and engagement on your social media while you're not in front of the camera. Like you definitely have to step up your game and be everywhere all the time because that's the, where the media is right now. It's everywhere all the time. Well, okay. So now you're, you're, you're hitting on what I was referring to at the beginning as an entrepreneur. I, I got a number of things to do and everything you just said Ain't one of them, <laughs> you know, because I am I'm, I'm trying to oversee the organization in so many ways. How on earth is an entrepreneur to to even attract the attention in order to get their story out and, and make these things happen? This seems it. Well, it, it seems very challenging. And it is challenging. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's definitely challenging because I can tell you on the other side my inbox was full of hundreds of emails every day from people wanting that publicity, but you can still get it. It's just a matter of standing out and being different. And the biggest secret, are you ready, Jay? I, I'm all ears and ink ready to go. <laughs> the biggest secret to earning media coverage without spending any money is to just give the journalist what they want and what they need when they want and when they need it. And it sounds easy, but I can tell you the biggest mistake people make is they send one pitch out to 500 journalists at the exact same time. There is nothing personal about it. It's very obvious to the journalists that it's just a blanketed email blast. And two, 
when you open up that email, everything in it is so overly promotional. It's like, hi, I'm Jay. Let's talk about me. I have cash flow diary. <laughs> and it's like, but where is the value for the audience? Instead, it should be, it's National Entrepreneur Day. And I can tell you the three ways somebody can get started on entrepreneurship on your morning show. I will bring this, this, and this, and your audience will walk away with all of this information. Like there's such a difference in timing it right. Like I use the National Entrepreneur Day, for example. I'm not sure if that's a thing. It could be. <laughs> we'll but, start it right now, you and I. <laughs> but um, so many people were just overly promotional in their pitches and they would get deleted if they were even opened just because journalists don't have time to go through every single email. So you have to be newsworthy and being newsworthy is being timely and producing something that will educate and entertain their audience. Okay. So you're, you're saying now the, the journalist is the gatekeeper for lack of a better way of putting it. Pretty much. I mean, they make the decision on what story. I mean, they don't make the final decision. I can tell you, you know, in TV every morning we had a meeting at 930 and that's when we came in with our story ideas. It was, okay, this is all the breaking news. This is everything we have to follow up on that we've covered before. This is everything in the assignment planner, like things that were happening that were, you know, pre-scheduled events or something. And these are all the pitches that we have. Reporters, do you have anything you'd like to share? And that's when you share your story. And remember, they're always going to ask, well, why should we care? Why do our viewers care? So when you're pitching and you're being overly promotional, like you need to ask yourself, well, why do these people care? And so many people, I wish I had a dime for every time somebody said, oh no, but our story is so different. Just listen to our story. Nobody cares about your story or how different it is. Is it newsworthy? And so many people, they get so caught up on how amazing they think they are and how amazing they think their story is when really it's not that different or that unique from tons of others. And, and, and that's okay. So here's the question going through my head right now. How, how does one stand out? How does one know if their if their story is newsworthy? Well, you have to mix a couple of things here. So we talked about timeliness, right? National Entrepreneurship Day. Sure. I can tell you with a lot of my clients, a lot of that coverage comes from being timely. For example, I mentor small business owners on how to be their own publicist. And I have one client who's in San Diego. She's a dietitian and she has a, a blog, like a health blog. And so we were working together to get her a TV segment in San Diego. And she got it within three days of pitching because the focus was on back to school, packing your kids a lunch to head back to school. It's for picky eaters. So how do we pack them lunches? So they come home with empty lunch boxes and full bellies. Well, that's a pretty cool story because one, it's a back to school angle. So you have to do it around back to school time that tells the journalist or the producer or the booker, if we don't do this now, we're going to miss out. So it gives them a sense of urgency. And two, you have to look at who is watching those morning TV news segments. Most of them are moms and moms are going to want to know how to pack a lunch that their kid is going to eat. Because as parents, we know a lot of times our kids come home and they're not eating all of their lunch. So we're talking about a problem that a lot of people have to the correct audience at the right time. I'm, I'm just struggling. Because this is like that sounds really hard to do. Because you, you have to be creative for sure. <laughs> I, that that's really what it comes. I'm just like, how 
how do you okay so now so now we're clearly talking about what you do you magically have figured out this this magic formula to put it all together and 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 coach us us the us being the entrepreneurs through the process of being this this timely newsworthy story person so i'm just going to put that to the side for a moment and now i'm going to address something completely different but yet related what if i am completely unable to be on camera like the whole idea of camera scares me or anything Hey guys, thanks for listening as always, and I'm glad that you continue to support with each and every download and subscription and share. One of the things that I want to ask you, though, is where are you listening to me from right now? I know some of you, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're washing dishes, maybe you're walking that dog, and some of you are actually in a vehicle driving right now. One of the fun things that you can do, get some of your time back, is begin to living a car-free existence. But even then, it can be a little complicated. So one of the things that I want you to do is I want you to go over to Zipcar. Go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diary. It's a way that I am able to still go get a car just for a few hours very, very simply so that if I have a lot of errands to run and sheets to drop off and running to the short-term rentals or if I just want to go for a long trip up to LA and back, etc., I can rent a car for a very, very short period of time. And the cool part is I don't even have to pay for any gas. Again, go to joinzipcar.com forward slash cash flow diary. Okay, so let me give you a couple of things. One, you don't have to be on TV. You can be in print and you can be online and you can be on podcasts. So there's tons of other media that doesn't require you to be on camera. That's one. But two, I would say you need to get over your camera fear, Jay, because if you want to reach more people, then you need to get comfortable with being on camera. And I know it scares a lot of people, um, but we can say the same thing for speaking. You know, I mean, they're very different, but you're still putting yourself out there and you're still making your presence known in person, whether it be in front of a bunch of people or in front of a camera. That's just something that takes practice. And the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel with it, the better you get at it. So, you know, I would suggest too, starting to do some videos at home and just practice that way. But I can't tell you a lot of people come to me and they want national TV, right? They want to be the expert on CNN or MSNBC or Fox news, whatever it is. And I ask, well, do you have any local TV experience? And they say, no. And I said, then you're never going to get national because a producer will always ask to see your local coverage before they give you national. Because if you, how do they know you're not going to get on there and totally suck and just look terrible on their network, right? You have but, to have some practice. But so, the, and that's my point, though. That that that's that that's exactly okay. So here's here's what I'm really saying. All right, Christina, you you've spent years apparently from the age of seven jumping up and down in front of someone else <laughs> doing sky or this is dive or you know diving and whatnot you you started a long time ago you don't get good overnight and i'm trying to figure out how the entrepreneur the the ones listening right now how do they they need something now like is there their business is is in need of more exposure today how do we help them there okay so this is the thing too, with the, I'm scared of the camera. You're making it out to be a much bigger deal than it is. Because if you watch any TV interview with anybody, 
you will see they're just having a conversation. We're not making a movie where you're memorizing lines. You're literally sitting down and having a conversation. Half the time it's not live, so keep that in mind. Half the time it's not live TV, <laughs> so that's so you're going to be fine. You can mess up and start over. But when it is live, those live segments, you're just sitting down and having a conversation with people. So I work with people to media train them. Okay, what are the points you want to get across? What Got are we it. talking about? And you just sit down and have a conversation, just like we're doing on this podcast. It's the exact same thing. You're just putting the camera thing and you're making it a much bigger production in your head than it is in real life. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. By the way, did you know that November 19th is National Entrepreneur's Day? Ah, it is a day. <laughs> in fact. So everybody start pitching yourself that day. <laughs> two weeks before, two weeks before. Give them some lead time. In fact, um, November 14th through November 20th is National Entrepreneurship Week. Oh my, a whole week, people. I don't want any excuses from anybody on why you're not earning coverage that week. You know when it is. You have enough lead time. Make it happen. Yes. I. You know, I was just... I was compelled to to like you know I wonder is there such a thing and if so how could we how could we leverage that okay so when it comes down to it let let's talk this other side there have been times uh, myself included and maybe even many of the other entrepreneurs where they're approached by someone saying hey you know that either I'm coming off stage or they see me here or whatever they're like you know what I, I think you would make good TV. I can help you. I can get you on blah, 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 blah. Today, that has not happened. <laughs> so uh, I'm just curious to understand more about what's act- what does it actually take? Like, what is it that you do in order to get a complete new person physically on television? Because I, I never know. They disappear. What feels like they disappear into this black hole and I never really hear from them again. Okay. And this is why if anybody ever approaches you and says things like this, sometimes it's an advertisement in disguise because that's what a lot of these advertising people will do. They'll reach out to you and they'll tell you, Oh, I can get you here. I can do this for you. And they get you really excited about the opportunity and they tell you what they're going to live, going to deliver. And then at the end, they're going to say, and it'll cost you this much money for this. And you're like, well, wait, I thought this was going to be editorial. I thought this was earned. So Watch out for the people selling advertisements. That's one. And two, watch out for the publicists promising you things they can't promise. Something that I am very open and honest about, and I think it really, honestly, it hurts me and my business, is I tell people I am not guaranteeing you anything. And that's because I can't. Because again, this is earned media. We're not paying for it. So I can't tell you, oh, Jay, you would be great for Forbes. Um, we could talk about, you know, your, your real estate investments in Forbes. And I can't guarantee that because I don't control Forbes. I don't control what goes in there and how it goes in there because I'm earning the media. What I can tell you is, oh, I know this great writer at Forbes. His focus is on real estate. I'm going to pitch you with this angle and I think it'll work. And this is why, but I'll get back to you and let you know what he says. That is accurate. I mean, I can tell you I've been at TV stations and Donald Trump will do something crazy. So then we're doing a a break in. We're going live from the White House or God knows where for an hour. And 
my segment that was booked isn't going to happen. And that's a perfect example of why you can't guarantee something. Another story. This is, this is the first time this ever happened to me. I had, um, an interview scheduled with somebody and this person never called my client. And I was like, what happened? And I followed up for like two or three days. And then I started following up with another person. They said, Oh, she got fired that morning. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> so you can never guarantee the coverage. So I would just be weary whenever somebody reaches out to you wow. and they're over promising you things. I would just, you know, if they're not, if they're, if they're not charging you, I would wonder, well, why are you so confident you can get me in there? Do you control what goes in there or what goes on the air? Or do you run the podcast? Because if you do, then obviously you can guarantee it. But if not, you're probably over promising me something. Okay. So then let, let's, let's take us through this process. How long should it take? Does it take, I come to you today and said, okay, Christina, I'll be your clay mold me. I will sit in front of the camera. Even if you force me, uh, what, 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 what's that process look like? It's very different. Again, we want to work with timeliness. So if we're talking about National Entrepreneur Day and Week in November. Since we now know about it, yeah, let's talk. Since we now know it actually (laughs) is a thing, we're going to start working on that a few weeks before, and we're going to use that as our peg. That's our timely angle. So that's one example. The glossy magazines, for example, if you want to be, if you have a product and you want to be in Oprah's list of her favorite things every year, you got to start pitching her editors in August. July and August is when they start doing that. Um... For online coverage, obviously that can happen quicker. If you have a great newsworthy um, story to tell or a great angle, something super timely, a lot of a lot of things I tell people to do is just keep on paying attention to what's breaking in your industry. Um, I remember when I was in TV, one of the stars from Glee died of a heroin overdose, and oh, literally that. that day we had an addiction expert to interview to localize that story. So it could happen as soon as a day. If you position yourself correctly, I'm an expert in this industry. We have this crazy breaking news happening and I'm making myself available. It could happen in a day. I remember when Prince died and it came out, you know, a week later that he didn't have a will. I was on everybody I knew who did trusts and wills, those kinds of attorneys. I was like, you better be marching over to the media and saying that you can share your expertise because everybody's talking about it. This is your opportunity to shine. So it'll happen quickly if you are staying in touch with what's happening and you're making yourself relevant. But if it's you thinking up a story, then you're going to be looking at things like, okay, when's National Entrepreneur Day? I have a restaurant client and they serve um, mac and cheese. So National Mac and Cheese Day, July 14th, people. That is always my day. That is like my Super Bowl. And that's when I get them a bunch (laughs) of coverage because I'm focused on that day. So when it comes to how long it takes, it really depends. And, And then you have to be pitching different people with different angles at different times. You can't go after the same journalist with the same thing every week or two, because then you're going to get spammy. So you definitely have to be switching it up, different angles. Maybe we're going to go the business angle this time. Maybe we're going to go the mom angle this time, you know, so you're always keeping your hands in different pots. So you're not being too spammy, but you're casting a wide net to get in front of a lot of different people. Okay. Now you just said, you said something that uh, is now just pinging other thoughts in my head. You said to to keep in touch and to to reach out with different angles. And in my head, I'm going, 
keep in touch with who, <laughs> reach out to who, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know who, who am I talking to in order to, is there like some secret black book of journalists that I'm supposed to have? <laughs> well, there's, I mean, there is, and there isn't, I, I say, I mean, you can obviously, you know, just do your research online. Journalists are on Twitter a lot. So that's my little tip is if you do want to build relationships with them, get on Twitter. Cause a lot of them are on Twitter, but I always like to go back to your goals. Like the very, very beginning, what is your goal? Is it to build your email list? Well, then podcasts and online coverage are going to be great for you. Is it to get people in your local brick and mortar? Then stick to the local newspaper and local TV station. So once you get clear on where the ROI is going to be, who you need to get in front of, well, what media serves that person? What media serves that audience? And then you're going to say, okay, I really want to be in um, Inc. Magazine. So who writes about this topic for Inc.? And then you really, you do kind of build your own media list. And I'd like to use an Excel spreadsheet. And you build your own media list and you separate it on, okay, these are the people who write about business um, specifically in my niche, or these are the people who are local to me and they write about health. So wherever you're trying to reach, you start building that media list and that determines who you pitch and you stay in touch with them instead of constantly pitching them to give you coverage. Instead, I would start by reaching out to them and just introducing yourself and saying, let me know what I can help you with. I see you write about this or you covered this. Make sure they know that you are listening to what they're doing or you're watching or you're reading so they are familiar that you are not just another person in their inbox because most people who pitch, they have no clue who they're pitching and what they're pitching them with. So to stand out, you build a relationship with them or when you pitch them, you point out that you've read something of theirs before or you know they cover this specific topic and this is how you know it. and that's who you're going to be following up with and reaching out to. Got it. Now, I've seen time and uh, many times where the a particular station or show or whatever, they have their go-to people that keep coming on over and over and over again. How does that happen? Okay, there's two ways. One, they're paying for it, which they aren't. Oh. Yeah. No, you. I, wow. Okay. Sometimes I, that is it, and, and and it bothers me because by law you need to disclose when something is paid for, and sometimes they'll disclose it in such a roundabout way or such small print that you missed it. But I know I had um, a health client, and I said, "Oh, can they come on this show?" And they said, "Oh, well, so and so is an advertiser. So whenever we do stories under the health umbrella, we always use them." So they already advertise with that outlet. So whenever they do need somebody, they're going to kind of throw them the bone and give them that editorial coverage. So that's one way. Um, sometimes it is pay to play and you, you just don't recognize it on the outside. There's actually a lot more pay to play than you would realize, but as a consumer, you're not recognizing it. And the other way, and this is what I tell people, what to do after you earn the media, because that's, what's going to get you invited back. So I, I have um, a great relationship with the producer of a, of a station here in South Florida, and I can tell you why. She almost books everything I send her because, one, I know how to make it newsworthy, and then after she says yes, I write the script for her. I mean, I basically, I do her job for her to save her a time and hassle and a headache and all of that. I send it to her. I send it to the web team. I come in. I basically give them everything they want on a silver platter, and then after that 
airs or it runs or it's publicized, whatever, I am sharing it constantly and I am tagging the outlet and the journalist or the producer. I'm sharing the content. So that sends them a message when you tag them. Oh, look, they were just on and they're telling more people to watch after it happens. And that helps. That helps you in a couple of ways. It helps you because you're going to get invited back on. They see that you're grateful for the coverage and you're sharing it with your audience. So obviously they want to have you back and you did everything for them. You did all their work for them. I, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with publicists when I was in TV and these publicists were so not helpful. Like they made it hard for me to give their client coverage. And I just, many times I was like, all right, you know what? Forget it. Like you guys are making this impossible. The easier you make it for the outlet, the more likely they are to invite you back. So don't just make it easy for them, but also share it afterwards over and over again. And then it also helps you the constant sharing of the publicity over and over again, because that tells everybody else seeing you, look, I'm in the media. And if they missed the actual media appearance or they didn't see the post or whatever it was, you're showing them on the other side. So for example, I'm on Instagram telling all of my followers, Hey, I'm reporting, I'm recording a podcast right now on cash flow diary. So if any of my followers don't know what cash flow diary is, they know what it is now. And I tagged you Jay. So then you're going to get on Instagram and you're going to see that I tagged you and you're going to be like, Oh, that's cool. She just told all her followers about me. I want to invite her back. You know, um, you, you would be in a, in, in, in rare, in, in a rare category, I can count on one hand the number of people who have been on the show twice. Uh, but I'm not saying it's not possible because <laughs> I am I am, I find myself um, like, wow, OK, it, you're you're lifting the veil, for lack of a better way of putting it, because this has been a very confusing thing. And then you said something now because and because you said it, we really ha I have to ask you is I've always go to my my just how I grew up in business and I'm always thinking about all right if I do this what's the return what am I going to get for doing this and I'm trying to still put together how to calculate or even think about the return of investment of either time effort energy you know if 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 I hire Christina and she goes out there and actually makes it happen okay, she did her job and that has value and I want to compensate her, but what did my company get? What did we get? And how do I measure that? So okay. th that's kind of my question. And it's a tricky question because, and let me tell you why it's, it's honestly, it's an impossible question to answer. And I don't like talking about advertising. Cause as you can tell, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's the same with advertising, right? Like, look at those companies who spend, I don't know how many millions on a Super Bowl commercial. You think they get that back? So I always tell people. Okay, hold on. Hold marketing on. is hold marketing on. is hold one. On, hold, hold on one second. When you mentioned the Super Bowl commercial, I don't, I have never understood that one. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm and just like, why, right? it is like, oh my God, that was, that was a lot of money you just spent. And you, and, and the thing is that it keeps going up every year and they keep fighting for it as if it's like important and maybe it is but how would you know so yeah but i'm sorry i've just you know those super bowl commercials are insane right and that's that's exactly the point that i'm making though is it has this reputation like oh it's a super bowl commercial we all know they're spending a bunch of money that's marketing it's not sales 
they're paying that much money. So we all talk about them and we all see them. So whenever people ask me that question, I'm always like, well, I don't know how good are you at sales? Cause I don't do sales. I do marketing. I get your stuff in front of a whole bunch of people. If your stuff sucks, then I can't do anything about that. It's my job to lead the horse to water. It's your job to make the horse drink the water. So this is how I break it down. And I'll give you a specific example. I had a client on the Today Show. During that segment of the Today Show, there were 3.6 million viewers. And again, everything in marketing, you're just guessing how it's going to work. So I'm going to use a super low percentage just to be conservative and go like worst case scenario. So 3.6 million viewers are eyes on your brand. If they didn't know about you before, now they know about you. Pretend 1% of that goes to your website, right? Super low conversion rate. 1% goes to your website. That's 36,000 people who visited your website. So you want to make sure your website looks good, right? You want to convert. So pretend 1%, again, worst case scenario, 1% of that 36,000 turns into a customer. That's 360 new customers. If you have something you're selling for a hundred bucks, that's $36,000 that you just made from getting in front of 3.6 million viewers. So you could break it down like that and you could go hypothetical, but the truth of the matter is you can't guess and nobody can tell you how people are going to react. I had a client. I'm actually super surprised they became a client because before I brought them on, they said, okay, how much coverage are you going to get us? And how many products are we going to sell? And I said, I don't know. And I don't know because this is, <laughs> this is earth media. I mean, I can tell you what's worked in the past I love that. and I can tell you what I'm going to do to try to get you coverage in front of your ideal customer, but I can't tell you what's going to happen. And then after I land all of that coverage, I can't tell you how all of these people are going to react. Like, I just don't know that. So it's really an impossible question to answer. And if anybody tries to answer it, they're lying. So I think, you know, you can just go back and share successful case studies and different stories, or you can break numbers down like that. Like, look, you got 3.6 million viewers, 1% to your website, 1% turning into customers. Worst case scenario, you could make this much money. But that's just a guess because you don't know how many people are going to go to your website and then how many are going to turn into customers. But it'll give you some kind of ballpark. It turns it into some kind of math equation where you could try to guess. Yeah. Okay. I I, I get that. And I, and I like your, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> that's actually what I'm like. <laughs> and he boy. became a client. Isn't that the wildest thing? After I told him all that, he was no, like, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you said exactly what was up. You don't know, but here's what I am going to do. And, and that's really what it comes down to is understanding, like, I, I've, you're the first person uh, that's been able to articulate, like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I don't know, you know, uh, and, and now I, I have a better idea. So um, for those that have listened this far and, and probably want to find out more and, and, and track you down and et cetera. What, what, what's going to be the best way for them to, to find you? Okay. So I mentioned that I mentor small business owners to help them be their own publicist. So I would love to give everybody listening, um, 
the beginning video modules to part of what I give my mentoring students. So it's just going to be more case studies, more strategies, um, more breaking down exactly step by step what to do to start earning more exposure for you and your business. And you can get that at my website, mediamavenandmore.com slash boss. <laughs> like that a lot, like that a lot. So uh, as we wind down here, I've got a, a, a final question for you that I, I want to ask because I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, let, let's pretend for a moment that, you know, someone listening, they've gotten to this point, they, they've, they're going, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going all in. I'm going to go all in on this media thing. I'm going to make my business everything it needs to be. I, I'm going to become that entrepreneur and we're going to do this thing. In fact, Christina, let's let's pretend that they're standing in front of what I like to call the superhero outfit store because they are ready to take it on. But you know, like I know, that when we reach what I like to call these precipice of decision, that when we reach those points, we, we often have another companion. That companion comes in the form of a voice, and that voice often says things like, really, you? No one's going to... I mean, no reporter is going to even give you the time of day. I mean, seriously, do you know what happened last time you tried? And for some people, they're actually related to that voice. So my question to you is as follows. Let's pretend that this time it's going to be different. They're actually going to follow through and they're going to do exactly what you suggest. And they're going to do so in the next 24 to 48 hours. What would you suggest that they do? Um, I think the very first step is to get clear on your goals, where you want to be and why you want to be there. Because I think people, they just get excited about the media exposure in general, that they'll just throw a whole bunch of stuff out there and hope something sticks. But you have to be strategic, especially when the outcome is out of your control. You're not guaranteed this coverage. When you get the coverage, there's no guarantee on how people are going to react. So just be very, very specific on who you're reaching out to and why you're, why you're reaching out to them. It's much better to reach out to 10 people a week who are very niched in what you do and what you're an expert in versus a thousand people a week who are just in this general broad category of people who, ah, maybe it'll fit, maybe it'll work. So <laughs> I would say get super specific on your goals and where you want to be. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, getting clarity is is always the key to, to being able to move forward uh, quickly with decisiveness. So uh, one of the things I want to say for sure is that I definitely appreciate you taking the time not only to be here, but to share your, your insights and your knowledge. And you, you keep using this phrase that I hope everybody picked up on is that you, you earn the media and I, and I love that, that, that that's your perspective and that's where you come from. But thank you for taking the time uh, to share your knowledge, your insight, and your wisdom here with us today at The Cashflow Diary. Thank you so much for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means mediamavenandmore.com slash boss. Why? Because, well, you already are the boss, but go figure out what it is that you need to do next right now to earn your media because your widget your what's it what you are doing it's important and more people need to know ladies and gentlemen it's been fun talking to you today i look forward to talking to you soon until next time 